Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Dunham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode. We've got another beautiful conversation for you. Today, Elise Bassine is here. She is a breathwork practitioner and spiritual mentor. She has her master's in counseling psychology and certifications in both social emotional learning and mindfulness practices, as well as an extensive background in the mental health field. So knowing that she always wanted to expand her mission of healing familial and ancestral trauma and normalizing meditation and breathwork, Elise ended up opening up her own business and quickly becoming a six-figure mentor. She helps high-achieving women that feel stuck in their wealth, partnership, psychic abilities, and or trauma transform their current realities to get to their next level selves. Her programs are deeply rooted in healing so that women can navigate work, love, and life as powerful leaders without the burden of trauma playing a role in their highest potential. While you're listening, you can find Elise on Instagram at Elise underscore breathes, and I'm at Helen Denham underscore and at the Lifted Podcast. So hit us up. Let us know what you're learning. As always, we'd love to hear you. We'd love to know what you're moving through and what you're integrating as well. So I'm so grateful that you're here and blessed to be bringing you another wonderful conversation. So enjoy this one, and I'll talk to you on the flip side. Elise, well, the first question I love to ask guests is how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to? Oh, wow. What a good question. Um, I love to do something, you know, it changes, um, you know, as I change, but I usually like to do something right before I get out of bed, whether it's like a full on meditation or just kind of sitting with myself and setting the intentions for the day and setting like how I want to feel for the day, how I want to feel about myself, how I want to feel about my business, how I want to feel about my life in general, and just kind of getting myself into the energy that I want to be creating. So I always do that before I even get out of bed. And then usually after that, it, it consists of getting my kids ready for school or now they're in camp because it's the summertime. So getting them ready for camp. And then once I get them out of the house, then I do my workout and whether I'm doing some journaling or just kind of any sort of little practice or reflecting I do. Um, and then I get ready for my day. So it's kind of like broken up with like getting my kids out the door, <laughs> but it's always some components of all of those things. I love that so much, especially the part of starting your day with intention and just kind of already envisioning what an ideal day would look like for you. Is that part of like a manifestation process for you, if you will, like what would you call that? And how long have you been just, you know, really being intentional with how you're visualizing your life moving forward? I feel like for about the last two years, I've really been doing that since I started my business, basically, you know, because as you know, when you start a business like this, it's a personal growth journey. So mm -hmm. it was just for me about getting really intentional about, you know, as we're clearing out the old stuff, it's like, okay, well, what am I really creating here? And more importantly than that, like, how do I actually want to feel? So those are the things. And I even kind of programmed myself to, to like, whatever it is that I really want to, to feel about myself or create what, if I wake up in the middle of the night, I will like say it to myself before I go back to sleep, or I'll say it to myself before I go to bed also. So just being really intentional with like 
how I want to feel. And also I think even more importantly than that too, what I see is so powerful in the manifestation process is just your relationship to yourself, like how you talk to yourself and just like your energy with yourself, like how you're feeling towards yourself and about yourself is just so important. So I'm always just doing anything I can to intentionally shift that into the frequency that I want it to be. Absolutely. Oh, there are a couple of things I want to immediately touch on with you, but I love that you mentioned that building a business is like a spiritual growth journey in itself. How have you seen yourself change over the last couple of years in relation to your business? Oh my God. <laughs> we could spend the whole episode talking about this. Totally. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, I've always been on a spiritual growth journey, but once I really made the decision that I needed to start my business because I knew, you know, before this, I was a school counselor for 10 years and I always knew that I had, I could help people in such a more profound way. And I had way more gifts and abilities than I was utilizing in my job. So, you know, I got the really strong nudge in late 2019 to start my business. And since then, it's just kind of been like a fast forward of really dismantling old paradigms and beliefs I had about myself and just kind of dismantling myself from the, the ties to my family and like what it meant to be in my family. And then also like what it meant to be like a good mother, a good wife, like all of these things, I just kind of had to totally dismantle and reconfigure and just also how I felt about myself, what I thought I was capable of. And also just like my role in general in my life and my marriage and all of that, just everything just kind of had to shift. And I kind of really had to excavate some deep seated beliefs about my worth and my deservingness and fear of failure and all of these things. I, I had, I completely transformed my relationship with my husband. Um, we were on the brink, we separated for a while last year. We were, I thought we were going to get a divorce, but miraculously things really shifted between us. And I started showing up completely differently in my relationship. Um, I mean, everything in my life looks completely different now. Like it used to be that my husband was the primary breadwinner in our house. I'm now the primary breadwinner. Like everything has completely changed in my life. And also I've really discovered on a very deep level, what my gifts and abilities are. So it's just been a completely, like everything is different. <laughs> totally. It's so interesting to hear you acknowledge the shift with your husband too, because I always find for me and for a lot of people that our love stories and our money stories are usually like running side by side in so many ways. Oh, yeah. It's so related to like worth and the, the root. Yeah. So that's yes. really interesting. And then you had mentioned building confidence and just taking that leap was a huge step in that process. So how did you build your confidence to get ready to leave like a long career in a school to, to go out on your own? Like, how did you make that jump energetically? Oh my God. Well, I had a ton of support. Like I'm the type of person that I, I was never afraid to invest in support. And like, even on a school counselor salary, like I was making like $3,000 a month. And somehow I figured out how to pay a coach and work with and work with other healers. Like I just figured it out. Cause I knew that I needed help to get from point A to point B. And I knew that I was supposed to be doing this thing, but I knew I needed support in getting there. So I just made it happen. 
Um, and I think that was a really important thing for me. And then also just, um, oh gosh, just doing it, you know, and then feeling the fear that came up in the midst of it. You know, I think that was a really big, that's a really big piece of it, you know, is just actually taking that leap and then allowing yourself to feel those feelings that come up because really what stops us from taking that leap is because we're scared to feel those feelings. So if you're willing to feel it, if you're willing to be uncomfortable, then you move through it and then you start to embody this new version of yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so cool to hear you talk about investing in coaches and people, cause there really is, it's just priorities, right? At the end of the day, it's like, where are you going to put your focus and attention and being brave enough to commit to that? And yeah. do you find that that's what scares a lot of people too? I mean, this is what I experienced as well. It's like, okay, I'm really going to commit to this business. And it was almost like, okay, my whole life's going to change. Am I really prepared for this life? And then working through that, like what were some blocks that you were moving through, um, that were fear-based for you? Oh, wow. Just around not, you know, I had never been really good with money and money was always an issue for me. I was always, um, irresponsible with my money. I always had way more credit card debt than money in the bank. <laughs> you know, like I was a mess kind of, um, and, and, you know, that is also ancestral for me. Like my, my father had a very bad money story. My mom, like not as bad, but still grew up poor. Like I come from, like, I had to literally shift the entire ancestral line of money stories. Mm -hmm. So that was really difficult for me because, um, I just didn't, I didn't know if I could do it. You know what I mean? Cause after being a certain way for so long, like, you know, I, I turned 40 last year. So, you know, it's been a long time that I've been doing the same thing and kind of being in this certain consciousness around money. So I think a lot of it for me was around, getting comfortable, allowing more money in. And, and I think something that came up for me and that I see that come up for so many people when you start a business like this is actually feeling okay and comfortable with making money just for being you. Because I think we have this programming that we need to like suffer to make money or we need to do something that we don't want to do in order to make money or we have to work a job that we don't want to do or whatever it is. And it actually feels uncomfortable to just make money just for being you, just for your energy, just for the space that you hold. And that's that was uncomfortable to me, too. And I had to work through a lot of like feeling unworthy and undeserving of that. And then just feeling comfortable actually charging money and also, um, holding space for people. You know, I think because of my relationship with my mother, especially who had a lot of like narcissistic tendencies, and I had a lot of people pleasing patterns and all of that, it was hard for me to feel comfortable bringing people in because of those relationship dynamics that I had growing up and feeling overly responsible for people and feeling like people are going to criticize me and all of that. So I think it was like a gradual process of clearing all that up so that I could hold space for a ton more people. Because, you know, in the beginning, I was just sharing this yesterday. I, ha I have three group programs now, but in the beginning, when I launched my first one, you know, I had like two people in it or something. And now the same program, it's my flagship program, the metamorphosis, there's like 15 people or something. And like holding a space on a call for 15 people versus 
three <laughs> is a much different energy, you know, and I feel like you just kind of have to gradually build up to that. So, you know, those are some of the biggest things. I think it was like the relational stuff from my childhood and then also the money stuff. Um, you know, it's still unfolding. I had something happen, you know, in the last couple of months where, you know, I shared, I'm now kind of, I am the primary breadwinner in my house and we've gradually been putting all of our bills to just be run through my business. Cause it makes sense tax wise and all of that. And I had all of this stuff come up around it, not necessarily about like, can I afford this? Cause I can, it was more about like, can I be this person that is paying all the bills in the house? And that is responsible for all of this. And that is like holding this energy. Like I never thought of myself that way. So I was like having to kind of dismantle these old stories about like thinking that I couldn't be that person or I wasn't capable of that. So there's just so many like stories and beliefs that you have about yourself that you don't even realize you're operating from that. You just have to completely, first of all, acknowledge that they're there and then just dismantle and disentangle from them. Oh my gosh. Big time. This is one of my favorite <laughs> topics is money because it's so interesting that this is the threshold that people hit when we start to realize, oh my God, there's part of me that's actually afraid of making money, which is like, yeah. so, you know, unexpected, but then you realize like, oh, okay. Because it's also seems to have a lot to do with, you know, matriarchal lines and just kind of rising above this patriarchal system that we live in that tells us that men have always made more money. It's like whatever subconscious reliance that we have on men turning that, you know, those roles around, it just gets complex. So it's so interesting to, to watch that unfold. Yeah. And have, I love that your relationship is now stronger with your husband. Like how did, can I ask, how does he feel about this? And like, what has his process been like watching you take on this role? Yeah, it's really interesting. So when I first went to him at the end of 2020 and I told him that I was going to quit my job, he like completely freaked out because he's always worked for himself. He's always been an entrepreneur and I've watched him. I've watched him. We've been together for 13 years. I've probably watched him start like five different businesses in that time. And um, so we were on my health insurance. You know, we have two kids. And he was just like, no, like you're not making enough money. Like it doesn't make sense. And I basically was like, no, I am going to, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was like this moment where I just had to be like, I literally have supported you through starting like five or more different businesses in our marriage. Like it's your turn to support me in this. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And he eventually like, you know, became okay with it. And then gradually, as I started to make more and more money, he kind of was like, oh, wow, I think this is actually working, you know, but then what happened for me personally was I kind of hit a threshold, you know, I started making more and more money, but then I kind of hit a wall and I realized what the wall was, was the way that I was showing up in my relationship was translating to everything, right? Because I, you know, we've been together for 13 years. I met him when I was in my twenties. I was a very different person then. And I was still playing out those patterns with him, right? Where I was people pleasing. I was not saying how I actually felt, not sharing my truth, not being in my authenticity because th that was what I did before. You know, that was how I showed up before. And I was in this pattern kind of that I had with my mom, where I was always trying to make sure that he was okay. And what does he need? And what are like, and I was 
completely betraying myself just to make sure that he was okay and to manage his energy. And I realized that in order for me to actually step into the next level in my business, not only financially, but just like to expand and to grow that I needed to completely shift the way that I was showing up. And it ended up, you know, we separated for a little while because at first I was like, well, maybe this isn't the right relationship for me. And I thought that for a while, but then we came back together because he, he had a wake up call and he was like, I don't want to lose my marriage and I I'm going to change. And he did. And he started really working on himself, but I started working on myself too, in the way that I showed up in my relationship. And I completely just changed it. Like I, I started being in my authenticity, being really open with him, having really hard conversations. Um, this all came in the midst of COVID and him and I happened to have very different opinions about what was happening in the world. And it completely threw this other aspect into our relationship where we had to have really hard conversations. Like we have two kids, like we're married and we were forced to have these really hard conversations. We were forced to disagree and also like move through it and come out on the other side. And that process just made me into a completely different person. Like I had to stop people pleasing. I had to be really honest and say what I say, what I needed to say, even if I knew it was going to upset him and our relationship has just gotten so much better. Um, and I know there's so many people whose relationships ended because of these issues. And we actually have come out on the other side, even stronger, but it's because of like the work that we both did. And I know for me, it's because I intentionally said that I was going to and these patterns. And I was going to create the relationship that I wanted to create and show up the way that I wanted to show up. And what happened, I started, like, I basically doubled my income. Mm. <laughs> Amazing. There's such a like potent, you know, teaching that keeps coming through my mind just about how you fight is everything. Like we're going to get into mm -hmm. arguments, but how do you fight in a compassionate way? If you can, what did you learn about communicating when you were disagreeing on these topics? Cause I think, I mean, we're all facing this in some capacity with every week we're hit with a new huge, like storm of news yeah. and, and big opinions. So like, how do we have compassionate conversations with people that we disagree with that's worked for you? Yeah. So the one thing that has really helped me is like, for me personally, I always was so afraid of confrontation that I would do anything to avoid it. And I had to get out of that. Right. So for me, one of the biggest things was like being able to like have an argument, like have a heated discussion. And then after it was done, just let it go and move on and come back to our connection and come back to our love for each other. Like we learned to do that. And I think that was the most powerful thing for us because first of all, it made it so that we both felt comfortable that we could trust in our connection, right? That like, even if we disagreed and we were angry at each other, it doesn't mean that our relationship's ending. It doesn't mean that we're gonna try to punish each other. It just meant that in that moment, yeah, like it happened the other day. Like he's, st I still, oh my God. Like there's so many, like he, he's very wrapped up in one way of thinking. We'll, we'll just put it that way. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and whenever I like challenge him on it, he gets really angry. So even the other morning we had a, we had like a, you know, a little mini like yelling match. And then when it's over, it's over. 
and we move on and we love each other and we are connected. And I think that's the most valuable thing for me because it's okay to argue. It's okay to get angry at each other. It's okay to get heated. Like, I don't think any healthy relationship doesn't have that because if it was, if it didn't have that, it would mean that somebody wasn't saying what they thought. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's so important to be able to have those conversations, but be able to let it go and move on and just come back to your connection with each other. Like that to me changed everything. Like once we started doing that, I was like, Oh, like, and everyone feels safe that they can say what they think they can express how they feel, but it's not going to have these like long-term consequences on your relationship. Mm, I love that, that you're willing to like loosen your grip and in the moment, get it out, but you don't stay in that cycle of suffering where you just keep elongating and like letting it play out. I think that's such a great tip. Yeah. And the other thing too, really quick is also just like respecting the other person too. Like, even if you don't agree with them, like that was something that was really challenging for me because like, I don't agree with him, you know, and he doesn't agree with me, but we have like a level of respect where it's like, okay, well, even though I don't want the kids to do this thing, I'm going to ask you if you're okay with it first and let Um, instead of just like overriding it, because that's what I think. And that was challenging because I do disagree with him. Right. But it's like still honoring his opinion, even though I don't agree with it. Um, And him doing the same for me, I think was another thing that really like contributed to the growth in our relationship. That's so huge. I really appreciate that. You know, that having that baseline of respect for people, which, you know, it's like in, in the midst of anger, like remembering our humanity when we don't agree with people and their, their different lenses. Cause at the end of the day, we're all doing the best that we can. And we think we're right. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. And I even think about that. Honestly, I know it's a touchy subject, but it's like right in our face, this whole Roe v. Wade thing. When I think of, um, people who are pro-life, I, I try to remember, like, these are people who really at their core believe that you're killing somebody like it's really deep. And like, they really believe that. And the totally. people, it's like, so how can we have compassion without villainizing each other? Cause we're all trying to do the best that we can, um, with what exactly. we know, you know, and there's humanity and all of it. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a whole other big conversation <laughs> that we're all moving through, especially as women right now. It's like, how do we find this middle ground of compassion and respect that like starts in the home? Basically, how do we communicate with our family and our friends? Like, how do we respect each other? I agree. And the other thing too, that I think was really powerful just to add is like, my kids got to see, like, I remember my son who's eight, he said to me one time, he was like, wow, like you and daddy, don't really have the same opinion about a lot of things. And I was like, yeah, you're right. But people can have different opinions and still love each other. And I think that was just such a powerful thing for my kids to be able to witness that we can have big disagreements, but still come together and still love each other. And that's just such a great thing to model because especially to your point with everything we're seeing in the world, like we need that to be shown to people. (laughs) Yeah. Big time. Cause I think almost all of us can have some kind of point of contact with having a family member like split up from the family or something happening with all the politics and all these conversations. And it's just like, is it worth it to sacrifice a beautiful relationship because of a disagreement? And can we move on in a, in a compassionate way that just kind of like, like, let's, let's go of it in some way if possible. But yeah. So at least I want to journey back a little bit because I, I wanted to ask you this more toward the beginning, but I'd love to just hear about your journey 
like from the last, even like as far back as you want to go to what led you to breath work and to spiritual work and to psychology and all of this, like what has that through line looked like for you and what sparked this like journey for you? Yeah. So I honestly think it's been my whole life. Um, when even as far as I can remember back as a young child, I was like very tuned into energy and I used to see spirits and all of that when I was a kid. And I, I kind of shut it down, um, you know, after a while, because it was scary for me and I didn't know how to talk about it. I never told anyone about anything that I saw, but I like, I was always really afraid of the dark because I would see things. <laughs> so I never wanted to be in the dark. Um, so ever since I was a young child, I was very tuned in. And I also kind of had this awareness that I was like kind of tuned in more than most people. Um, but I also just like wanted to be like everyone else. Like I didn't want to be different or have these different qualities. Um, so I kind of didn't talk about it and I shut it down. But I was always super interested in anything that lies under the surface, like astrology and psychology, like why people do what they do, like what was really going on here? Like I, I would look at the world and I would be like, this doesn't make, like this doesn't add up, like something, there's more going on here, you know? And I was always trying to figure that out. Um, and then, you know, even as a teenager, I was very much like rebellious and I didn't follow the rules and I just was always kind of like, no, I'm going to do things my own way. And then in college, uh, my first year of college, I was struggling a lot because I had an eating disorder and I was having a lot of bad anxiety. And I was just like trying to figure out like what was going on. Like, why was I miserable? Why was I struggling? And like, that was what kind of led me down beginning my spiritual path. So I just started looking for answers. And first I found yoga and I started working at a yoga studio. And then there they had like all of these different classes and there was a breathwork class there. And I took it and I just immediately felt drawn to doing breathwork. Um, I didn't really know why. I just knew that I wanted to do it. And there's a breathwork community here in Philadelphia. There's, um, it's called the Philadelphia Rebirthing Center. And it's like this beautiful center where they do all of these trainings and classes and everything. And I just started taking every single thing that they had there um, for the next four years of my life. <laughs> Basically, like all of when I was in college, I did like four different breath worker training programs. I did a teacher training program. I used to teach uh, classes and I used to have clients. And this is all, you know, in my early 20s. And it was just always something that I knew that I had to share with people that was going to change their life because it changed my life. It helped me heal from my eating issues. It helped me really understand things about my upbringing and my past that I never really understood. And it just like propelled me into this like personal growth and spiritual journey that I feel like kind of set a foundation for me in my life that no matter kind of how far I veered off the path. I always knew that I had that to come back to. And I always knew that I was like, I had this very high level of like spiritual understanding. Um, and then, but I don't think at that time, at that early age, I was ready to fully do that. Um, so I became a school counselor. I went back to school and I got my master's degree and I became a school counselor and I was a school counselor for 10 years. Um, but still very like, you know, even when I was a school counselor, I always was able to tune, sorry, my light just went out. Um, I was always able to tune into, um, 
like what other people were thinking, like other people's energy. Like I knew that I was doing something right. Um, and then the universe kind of nudged me out of being a school counselor gradually. Um, and then I started my business and that's when I really started to really come into my gifts and abilities in like a very big way. Um, it's kind of when I started, I, when I first started my business, I thought it was just going to be about breath work. And then it just really quickly um, started to evolve into all these other things like the Akashic records. And then also the main crux of the work that I do now, which is helping people rapidly and efficiently move through familial and ancestral trauma. And um, when I created my first group program, The Metamorphosis, I thought it was just going to be a program about breath work. And people started going through it and they were like, having these crazy transformations where they healed trauma and they discovered their gifts. And I was like, Oh, I guess this is, I guess I'm helping people heal their trauma. Like I didn't even really know what it was at first. And then I just really started to be able to, you know, gradually understand the scope of my work and my abilities, not only to help people move through trauma, but like the galactic frequencies that I channel and the connections that I have and the, the energy that comes through me. And I started like, you know, channeling my own energy work and, and all of these things. Um, so it just kind of took off, I, I should say. And now it's just kind of like really opened up into like, now I'm, I'm launching my certification program where I'm teaching people how to do these things that I do. So it's just kind of, you know, quantum leaped, I guess you could say in the last year. Wow. It sounds like a remembering of like your childhood gifts from day one that you were finally yeah. allowing to like blossom. This is so cool. And breath work. I mean, I've done, I think a couple intense breath work sessions that I mean, were like nothing I've ever experienced. And I, I feel I'm feeling very called to get back into it. So can you help us understand like what is happening when we're deeply breathing in that intentional way in like one of those long sessions when stuff's really coming up, it, it can be extremely emotional. Like things are shifting. Like what is going on? Why is the breath so powerful? So the breath moves energy, right? So on a very like simple level, what's going on is we as humans are very emotional beings yet with all of the programming on our planet, we are not taught anywhere of how to actually handle our emotions and actually how to feel them or move through them. So what ends up happening is most of us are walking around with a ton of suppressed emotional energy in our field that is just waiting to be expressed, right? The, that's all emotions want is to move, right? To be felt and expressed. And once they are, they integrate and they move, right? But we are taught not to feel our feelings and to, to push them down. So a lot of us are holding a lot of stuck energy in the form of stuck emotions, old traumas, old belief systems, you know, all of these things we took on in childhood. So what happens when we use the breath is we start to move the energy that's there, that's waiting to be moved you know, and, and as it starts to move, it'll express itself, whether it's through a crying, you know, emotion of crying or just feeling uncomfortable in your body. Some people feel it physically. Um, some people will laugh, you know, and, and sometimes you don't feel necessarily much at all, but, but stuff is moving. So, you know, all of that 
And not, not only that, but we take on a lot from our environment, right? We're, we're constantly being bombarded with so much negativity and fear and all of that. Like it's hard not to take some of it on. And again, we're emotional feeling beings. We do take on the energy from our environment. So anytime we can use the breath to be with ourselves and confront what is there and allow it to move through you is just so helpful and you experience such a release. And yes, yeah, sometimes it gets to the point where it is really intense, you know, especially when the deeper traumas are moving and clearing, especially people who have had like some of that deep traumatizing things happen to them, whether it's some kind of abuse or neglect or a big like traumatic event that happened, all of those things as they're moving through and processing through the body, it can feel intense, but it's just the energy moving. Right. And I think sometimes people can be like, well, I don't want to do that because it's uncomfortable and it's scary and all of that. But I always say to people like the exact thing that is supposed to happen will happen in every breathwork session. So you can really trust that it's not something where you're like forcing or trying to make yourself be uncomfortable in order to feel something. It's more like you're just allowing what wants to be expressed and what wants to move for your highest good at that time to move. So yeah, it's, it's a very powerful process, but also it can be very gentle as well. Like the breathwork that I use is very gentle. Um, it's not harsh or anything and, but it still gets the job done. So I think, you know, it doesn't have to be this crazy thing all the time. (laughs) Sure. Right. So many different levels to this. Yeah. I remember I've had, you know, both sides of the spectrum that were so powerful. One was kind of like deep crying release, which really felt good because knowing that emotion, when it get stuck in the body can often lead to dis-ease, like dis-ease in the body. So we got to get it moving out. And then the other one, the flip side was like truly orgasmic, like a psychedelic trip. It was like deep pleasure, um, down to a cellular level that was so beautiful. So it's, I I think I only avoid it because it's kind of like a workout (laughs) to do it. And and I love having a good practitioner there. So it's like, but, oh my gosh, it's, it's one of the most powerful tools I think we have. It really is. I mean, that's why I use it with all of my clients and all of my programs, because it really just gives you a ton of momentum. And also to your point about just having those amazing experiences. Now for me, a lot of what I experienced during a breathwork session is just so much inspiration and like creative ideas and like overwhelming, like gratitude and joy. Um, and especially like the, the, um, the center that I used to train at and everything when I was in my early twenties, they're still alive and going and they do these, um, virtual sessions every Sunday. And I try to go to them, you know, at least like once a month or something like that. And every time I go, I kind of connect back into like the version of myself I was when I started there to like where I am now. And I just get this overwhelming feeling of like joy and gratitude and happiness. And it's just, you know, it's just so, so powerful. And I feel like it kind of opens you up to connect with, um, the divine in this beautiful way. And it's just such an amazing experience. That's so beautiful. And so important that we do that is just to really acknowledge how far we've come. I was just working through this with a client last night and I was like, just think of where we were five weeks ago, you know, and the right? pain, like the pain <laughs> that you were experiencing, the trauma we were working through. She couldn't even look in a mirror yet. It was amazing. So it was like, we just took a moment to say, why don't we just look at this and, and 
get into that place of gratitude to allow the growth to really sink in. And I love that you're encouraging people to do that because it's like, it's just, we're constantly moving forward and in a beautiful way, but it's like, just look at how far we've come. It's amazing. We it's just so through a pandemic for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just so important. I always tell people like to anchor into the energy of celebration. Like let's look at what you've already created, what you've already, the, the changes you've already made and celebrate them. Cause that actually calls in more to you versus just being like, well, I'm not where I want to be. And it's like, but we're always growing and changing. So to continue to celebrate what you, what is happening now is just continues to call in that same energy. I love that. Cause I think that seems to be a block. That's like, if we celebrate and really root into how well we're doing now, we won't push ourselves to get to the next level, but really yeah. like you're saying it, it actually magnetizes it and celebrates you and opens you into that more expansive place anyways. So it's like, there's, it's just a win-win to move forward. Exactly. Yeah. And how do you cultivate a relationship with spirit in your own way? You know, how do you tap into your gifts regularly and just open up that channel to communicate? There's a few different ways for me that I find are really helpful. Um, you know, sometimes writing for me is really helpful, especially if I know I'm going to be like giving some kind of transmission, whether I'm doing like, cause sometimes, you know, every like month or two months, I'll do an event where I just do like a live transmission. And for those, I always kind of get the download that I'm going to do one of those. And then I'll write out everything. It's kind of just like channeled and, um, it's really powerful and it comes out through writing for me. So that's one way. And then another way is just kind of like, I like to sit out on my deck that's off of my bedroom because it's, it's on the third floor. So it's kind of like the, I'm kind of at eye level with the top of the tree. So it feels like I'm like in the tree and, um, I just like to connect with my guides there and just ask if there's any messages that I need to know and just like express my gratitude. Um, I find that just saying thank you and expressing gratitude kind of like opens me up to that connection as well. So I do that. And then also, um, I also get a lot of divine inspiration while I'm in the shower. <laughs> There's something about it. I know a lot of people have said they, they experience the same thing. So I'm always getting kind of like messages or ideas about what I should do while I'm in the shower. And then the other thing is like, right when I wake up, I usually do a little bit of a process where I connect to spirit. And I see if there's anything that I need to know, or like, if I have any questions that I want to ask about anything I ask at that time. And I just like, see what answers come through. Um, so, and then sometimes just like randomly throughout the day, I will as well. So for me, I feel like it's kind of a thing where I've just kind of naturally integrated that connection into all aspects of my life. And I also just really trust that a lot of the decisions I'm making and the things that I'm doing are already like coming from spirit. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This has been a, a theme that's been kind of swirling around recently in conversation too, is just to create that intentional space for spirit to even communicate with us, which yeah. kind of pings me about the shower. It seems like, cause that's where we're just fully present. We're in the water. We're in that cleansing energy or even in the car without music, like, cause we're constantly experiencing so much, so much stimulation that yes. like when we're in that space, that container, we can allow it to come in. Yeah. How do you, um, differentiate and kind of decipher between your thoughts and spirit coming in? 
if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So I feel like it's a few things. I feel like when it's spirit, it definitely has a higher energy to it where it feels, um, to me anyway, and this is my experience, but I feel like it almost kind of feels like it's dropped in to my head versus like being generated from my head. And I don't even know how I discern that, but that's just what it feels like to me energetically. So it kind of will feel like something is coming from above um, and kind of like pops in versus um, kind of being on like a a loop or a spiral kind of a thing. Um, and, And a lot of times I find too that thoughts are usually repeating, right? So we have like a lot of the same repeating thoughts over and over again. So if it's something that I know I constantly think, I know it's not really like from my guides or from spirit. It's just like my brain, you know? Um, so that way. And then also I find too, when I have some kind of, um, divine inspiration or a hit from my intuition, it feels like I'm very unattached to it. Like it'll like pop in and I'm just kind of like, Oh, that's interesting. But I don't like get like super attached to it or like think about it too much. It just kind of like pops in and, and I, and I just feel neutral about it. There's something about that too, that I always know that that is a hit from spirit, like a, an, an intuitive hit versus just a thought. It just feels, um, like I'm kind of like, Oh, <laughs> like that's interesting, you know, but I'm not, I'm just not attached to it. Yeah. That, that makes sense. a lot of sense. Mm-hmm, okay. Totally. Yeah. Cause it is, this is something we do in visualization and meditation. Sometimes I'll have people like, um, visualize the pressure relieving from their head and leaving their head. Mm. And it can be a very physical sensation. So when we are bringing awareness to those points, it's like, it becomes, yeah, very much real to be able to feel that, or just, uh, sync up with that energy shift that's going on. And then you yeah. briefly touched on the Akashic records. Can you give us your take on what the Akashic records are and how, how you perceive them? Like what, what are they? Yeah. So I like to describe the records as just kind of a living library that's kind of imprinted on the energetic field in the universe of everything that has ever occurred or everything that will ever occur in the universe. So it's kind of this living library that we can all access because it's kind of living at this frequency. It's like a frequency of information that the way I see it is I'm just kind of like tuning into it. It's almost like tuning into a radio station. And then I just kind of tune into that frequency and I can receive the information. So for example, if I'm reading your Akashic records, I'm looking at the evolution of your soul and the energies that I'm tuning into based on like what your soul is wanting for its expansion. And then I will also be able to see anything that's blocking you from that growth. So whatever kind of you have to move through in order to get to that place, I'll be able to see what it is. I think that's very specific to me too, because I have this very strong ability to see wounding and heal it. Um, So I know different people read different things in the records. I think that's very specific to like my energy, but, um, you know, the records for me has been an interesting journey because, um, when I first started read, well, when I first realized that I was reading the records, it was in 2020 and I had been drawn to the Akashic records and I did a class, like a four week class on how to read the records. And on the very first day I went into my records and I had this overwhelming, like crazy experience where I was crying. And it was just like this outpouring of unconditional love. 
And from that moment, I realized that I had actually been reading the records my whole life. I just didn't know that I was doing it because I was always able to tune into energy and just know things about people and their feelings and, and what they needed and all of that just by being in their energy. So um, once I kind of saw that that is what I was doing, I was able to like name it and claim it and be like, okay, this is a big part of what I do. And now it's just kind of a natural thread that goes throughout most of my work. Mm. Do you think we can train ourselves? It, it sounds like psychic training in so many ways. Do you think we can practice ourselves to begin to access them or yeah? I mean, do you think anybody can train themselves to access this and get their energy to that point? I do. I mean, it really depends too on like what your level of like what you really want with it, you know, because with the records, you could do as little as read a book and learn how to do it. Or you could take a year long training program on it. You know what I mean? It just really depends on what you feel drawn to and how you want to use them. Right. If you just want to go into your own records, then you can really practice doing that. I think if you want to read other people's records and, you know, provide that for people, I think it's probably important to, you know, do a little more training around it. Um, but it really depends on the person, you know, and, and what their, their interest level is and kind of where they're at. Cause somebody who has developed their psychic abilities a lot, they probably will easily be able to do it versus somebody that's newer at it. So, but that being said, I do believe everybody has the ability to do it. There's just some people that are more naturally inept, just like anything else. Yeah. More intuitive. So it's like an intuitive training to, to use that, that kind of psychic area that we all have, but activating it. Yeah, yeah so exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm always wondering, like trying to imagine, is it like a frequency that you're tapping into when we talk about kind of a library of all records? Like, what do you feel a shift happen as you enter this kind of portal of knowledge that happens for you when you're reading somebody? Or is it just a knowing that comes through about the person that we refer to as the Akashic records? Or like, what's the difference between that? And like, I don't know, like, like, like a psychic in, reading. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, a psychic the difference, there's a lot of similarities, right? A lot of similarities, but I would say the main difference is when I'm reading somebody's records, I'm really looking at this high level of their soul's evolution. So whereas like a psychic reading, I think would be more just kind of tuning in to like what's going on for them presently, maybe, um, more, stuff related to their life circumstances right now. And of course I can get that information in the records, but the record just has a different frequency where I'm tuning in more to their soul's evolution, their purpose, their mission, and these higher level things that don't always have to do necessarily with just this lifetime, also their galactic connections, their ancestral connections, their past lives. So it's a much like wider scope of information that doesn't have to just do with like their human right now, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I love that. You're also connecting with, you know, galactic beings. And this has been something that's fascinated me for so long through dreams. Um, especially the Arcturians, like who is, are there groups that you're communicating with more often and how do they come through differently? Yeah. So for me, the main group that I communicate with is the Pleiadians. 
And I actually started to connect with them when I was like 19, 20 years old. Um, I, I always tell the story when I was, I had an apartment in college and there's a book, a channeled book about the Pleiadians that literally just showed up in my apartment. I Mm. don't even know where it came from, but obviously I was meant to find it. Um, and from that point on, I knew that I was like, part of them and I was connected to them. And now a lot of the information I receive is the Pleiadian energy. And then also I do connect to other galactic frequencies that don't necessarily have like one specific name, but it just feels like I'm connecting to this like galactic wisdom um, that comes through me and activates people. So what it's really doing is it's activating your own ability to connect to your own galactic knowledge and wisdom and lineage. Um, So that comes through for me really strong as well. But the Pleiadians are always like what I'm connected to, what my lineage is and what the, and what my guides are as well. So that's the main one that I'm always connected in with. Beautiful. They seem to be very much like in alignment with humanity to help us in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they definitely want to help humanity. Um, they actually are like, you know, related to us in some way. And a lot of them are just trying to help us wake up and remember who we really are and help us through this process of evolution. So that's really their main goal is to help us wake up and grow and like move through this process of awakening. I love that. I guess finally, like, what is your perception on what's happening in the world right now? I don't know if it's that we're in a news cycle that seems like everything's on fire, but we're going through a lot as a collective. Mm -hmm. Like, what is your perception on the shift that we're experiencing and how we're evolving? Like, what do you see happening? Well, (laughs) (laughs) loaded, but like, when you look like, do you feel like we're evolving? Do you feel like this is for our highest good? Like, how do you perceive everything that we're moving through as a collective and like the collective shadow, I guess, that we're purging beyond our, our own, like, you know, individual ones. Yeah. So we are going through a process of awakening for sure. And this, it, we are experiencing an evolution. Um, it's still, in my opinion, is definitely in the beginning stages, like it's definitely happening more so than ever. I mean, even if you look at the astrology, um, it's fascinating to follow the astrology right now because it really does illustrate what is happening, um, on the planet and the awakening that we're going through. So what's happening right now is people are starting to wake up to the fact that like, you know, the bill of goods that we've been sold is not actually real and that we are actually not who we've been told we are. Um, we actually are, um, capable of so much more and, um, basically that everything we've been taught is kind of the opposite. So, you know, one of the overarching themes is really like kind of how we have this programming to think that we have to do things a certain way and that we need to be afraid because something bad could happen to us at any time and that we don't have control over our lives and we have to, uh, you know, be afraid in case something bad happens. And the reality is it's just the opposite. We actually are the creators of our reality and we actually have the ability to create an entirely new reality outside of that old system of fear and control and programming and limitation. And we actually are unlimited beings, you know, and, and I think more and more people are waking up to that. And it's definitely a multi-layered process of awakening. I think 
different people are in very different stages of it. And that's okay. Like we all have to go through our own process of it. But what we're seeing collectively is a purging of the collective shadows, all of the things that have been lying underneath the surface that have been hidden from humanity for so long are finally kind of coming to the surface and people are having their own shadows that are they're having to deal with and we're seeing that on the world stage as well so um you know i do think ultimately this is a very exciting time to be alive and it is ultimately going to end up better than we can imagine but right now the best thing to do is to remember that you actually are the one who gets to decide what you think, how you feel, and what kind of world that you live in. And you don't have to subscribe to the what I call the clown show that's going on around us. Mm. Um, because the more that we give our energy to that, that is our precious energy that we use to create. So the more we give our energy to that, the more we're not being in creation mode. So my biggest piece of advice around that would be to, you know, give as little of your energy to all of that as you can. I mean, obviously I know it's challenging at times, but um, the little, the least of your energy you can give to that. And the more you can give to what you're creating for yourself and the planet, the faster we're going to evolve. Yeah. Big time. Is there anything that you do at the end of the day to just like call your energy back in, cleanse your environment, cleanse your space, your psychic space, even like, is there anything that you do to reclaim your power essentially? Yeah. So I like to do a practice where I kind of like ground and connect to my guides. And then, um, I cut cords with like any energies that are not needed or anything that's not aligned with my highest timeline. And then I always put like a bubble of light around myself that kind of holds me in the frequency that I'm creating and also like serves as a boundary between me and the rest of the world. So I'm kind of in this bubble of this frequency of my own creation and that nothing can kind of go through it. And then I also put those bubbles around my kids too. Um, so for, if you're a mom or you have kids, that's a helpful thing to do also, but it kind of just like solidifies that, like, this is my energy. I'm in charge of my energy and I don't need to be, um, emotionally affected or pulled into the other stuff that's going on around me. Mm, yeah. So good. Elise, thank you so much for being here. And if people want to enter your metamorphosis program or just work with you in any capacity, how can we find you and get to know you better? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram at Elise underscore breathes. You can also find me on my website, elisebreathes.com. Um, I also have a podcast that you're going to be on as well called Reclaiming Consciousness. Um, and you can find me there also. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I had to stop myself from asking you millions of questions. I <laughs> got on for hours, but thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your insight. This has been beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. It's so good to see you again. All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. Of course, everything we chatted about is linked in the description below. And a final note on my end is that my mentorship series is open for enrollment. This is a one-on-one -on -one private mentorship series with me for seven weeks at a time 
where we are really diving into your foundation, your subconscious beliefs that end up revealing, you know, themselves in every area of life. So we are, we're taking a ground up approach with your healing and really bringing into focus what your ideal life looks like, what it feels like, and bringing you closer and closer to that reality so that you can really live a life that starts to feel like heaven on earth. That's honestly what I'm here to help you with. Let's create a life for you that feels like heaven on earth. I am seeing the women in this container completely change their lives. And quickly, it's just amazing what happens when we, when we do the work. So if this is feeling like it's resonating with you, just go to HelenDenham.com and book a free power session with me. We'll get to know each other, see if it's the right fit for you. And of course, you can always email me if you have any questions too, but I'm sending you so much love and I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now.